Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Do you work in an office cubicle farm where you have random, mindless conversations? Do you sometimes sit around a campfire with family and friends relaxing and talk about nothing in particular? Do you ever find yourself on a front porch or a stoop with your buddies just hanging out discussing the world? If so, then this show might just be for you. On Cubicle Chat, the topics are like the ones you would find in an office setting, a campfire, or a front porch. Anything and everything ranging from pop culture to travel to nerdy interests and even military stories. If any of these pique your interest, then check out the Cubicle Chat podcast. Book and Wrestling Podcast. I'm your host. My name is Stunning Steve Barber. And this week, I just want to discuss a lot of the recent events that have been revolving around Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Because, man, you know, for somebody who just made sporadic appearances over the past, uh, what, decade, decade and a half, all of a sudden he is back in the spotlight. And I'm going to kind of hit on some things. And I'll, I'll say, obviously, these are my opinions. I will try to uh, wrap those opinions in facts. But that's just the way I'm looking at it. You know, and that's why I'm going to title this as The Rock Turns. And by the way, that's a play on words for the soap opera as the world turns. And because that's what wrestling is, is kind of a soap opera. But first, I want to go ahead and give the contact information for the show. If you'd like to email the show about any, any show ideas, topics, anything, any kind of feedback, any can, can, uh, criticism, constructive criticism, uh, please email the show at armchairbookingpodcast at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook. You can find it on Instagram, you can find it on Twitter at Booking Armchair. You can find it on TikTok. You just do a search for Armchair Booking or the links for all these social media platforms are in the show notes. Obviously, we're on YouTube if you're watching this. And Spreaker, uh, who actually hosts the, the audio portion of it, they have actually added uh, a feature now where you can actually donate money to the show. Uh, there was something they added. Um, I'm not going to say, hey, you need to go donate money. But if you want to, hey, you know what, feel free. I'm not going to argue with you. But, uh, and also speaking of audio, because right now the show is on every audio platform that I can think of, including some third-party ones that are pulling off of the ones that I actually upload to. But if you actually give the show a five-star review or a five-star rating and then you give it a review, I'll read the review on the show. If you don't want me to mention your name, I won't. You know, just let me know because I will default to, hey, you put the name, you put the review out there uh, because, and if it's out there for the opening, anybody can see it. And I made like Apple will give like a screen name. So it's not necessarily the person's name, you know, so that one is usually uh, fine, usually. But if you don't want me to say the name, just, you know, reach out and tell me. And, you know, and you can do that on Apple. You can do it on Spotify. I know you can actually give reviews, but in the other ones, if, if they don't allow you the option to give a review because I'm not going to tell somebody, Hey, you need to switch your platform just for this. Cause that'd be kind of selfish of me. But if that happens, just give the, the star, give the show the rating, five star rating, do a screenshot, email me at armchairbookingpodcast at gmail.com. And 
with your rating or your review there. Show me the rating, show me the review, and then I'll read it from there. And lastly, uh, I also have my other podcast, which is called The Cubicle Chat, which is actually where I talk about topics other than wrestling. Uh, Occasionally, it might slip in, but it's not going to be an overall topic for any one particular episode. And that one here lately over the past few weeks, I've actually got a new format on that one. Uh, sort of got a new recording schedule. I'm actually recording that one five days a week, Monday through Friday. Uh, this show here, it's still kind of tentative on what's going to happen as far as like the recording schedule. As you can see, I'm running solo. My usual co-host, Waylon, he's uh, still on a hiatus. And obviously, you know, we wish him all our, of our thoughts and prayers towards him because he, he's just he's just going through a lot. He's got to work some stuff out. I mean, it happens. It's life. And everybody who I've talked to, um, they really want to see Dwaylon come back. And I do appreciate their support for the show because Dwaylon is also one of my best friends. You know, and that's beyond the show. We were friends first. We've been friends since high school. You know, so I want to make sure that the uh, the man, the person is actually doing better first instead of the podcast. After all, at the end of the day, this is just a podcast. You know, that's what it comes down to. So, but on, on to what you tuned in to hear. Okay, so Dwayne The Rock Johnson, which, by the way, for the rest of this show, because we're now going to be talking about the wrestling character, we're not going to be talking about the the actor, the, the not director, but the, the manager of his uh, company, $7 Entertainment. And, you know, that's Dwayne Johnson. Now we're going to be talking about The Rock. And so now The Rock... His career has once again kind of come full circle because if you keep up uh, with wrestling, if you keep up with the history of wrestling, you know that The Rock actually started out as Rocky Maivia. Actually, he started out as Flex Cavana. He was wrestling in Memphis. This is where he was doing his training. It was a developmental territory. He was Flex Cavana, and then after however many months, he moved up to WWE, and he was Rocky Maivia. Rocky, named after his father. Maivia, named after his maternal grandfather, Peter Maivia, High Chief Peter Maivia. So he took the the two names of the two men he admired the most, especially when it comes to wrestling, and he combined it, Rocky Maivia. And he was a, oh golly gee shucks, babyface. And the fans just weren't buying it, because this was right about the time that Steve Austin was also making his transformation into Stone Cold with the 316, and and now you, then you hear come The Rock or Rocky Maivia with this kind of boring, uh, kind of a nerdy character in a way, and the fans just weren't having it, and so he was being booed at every chance they got, and uh, they even started chanting "Die Rocky Die," even when. His dad, Rocky Johnson, actually helped out uh, The Rock in, I believe it was WrestleMania 12, where he fought off fought off the Sultan, which, ironically enough, the Sultan was actually being played by um, the man later known as Fatu, who is The Rock's, you know, kind of a, a blood cousin, but but he they are related, um, and that and his sons and his um, his other cousin, you know, Roman Reigns, will actually come into play later on. I'm talking about Fatu, his sons. You know, so as it went on, he was a face. 
fans are booing him. He gets hurt. He's out for a while. And he comes back. Well, when he comes back, and if I remember right, reading his book, The Rock himself decided, you know what? They're booing me anyway. Let's make me a heel. And by the way, this is one of the best things The Rock could have ever done for his career. Because he comes out and he has joined the Nation of Domination. That was the faction that was actually ruled by, uh, at the time, uh, Farouk, also known as Ron Simmons. And, well, he comes out and they start screaming, they start chanting the die, Rocky die. And then he all of a sudden starts die, Rocky die. And he says, I am no longer known as Rocky Mavia. I am now known as The Rock. And And off you go. So... The Rock got over more as a heel, and it was really because of his promo work. His in-ring work was okay. I've never been a huge proponent of all of his in-ring work. Um, uh, you know, he his finished move is an elbow drop. Plain and simple. I mean, it is a simple elbow drop with theatrics is one way I've seen it described. But it's over. By the way, I'm not going to going to totally squash on that because my favorite wrestler when I was a kid was Jimmy the Boogie Wave Man Valiant. Guess what his finishing move was? It was an elbow drop. And even then I was thinking, well, that was kind of actually his, I'll say it was a double elbow drop because he would throw them into the ropes, catch them with the elbow when they came off to knock them down and then immediately drop the elbow on them, you know, um, and then pin them, you know, or he had a sleeper hold. Well, the rock, the people's elbow, Everybody loves it. He pulls off the elbow pad, throws it into the crowd. Um, and yeah, then he also, he has the rock bottom to kind of set that up. Now the rock bottom, I will say this, the rock bottom's legit. That is a move that if you actually were able to do that to somebody in a real fight, oh, it would actually, uh, it would get the job done. And, uh, his other moves, though, I mean, his, his punches are not decent looking, um, his sharpshooter, eh, not so much. His sharpshooter, to be honest with you, it looks it looks sloppy. But his uh, just the way he looks when he does his stuff makes everything look explosive. The Rock, his even right now, he just looks tremendous. He can make and he's in great shape. And actually, and people brought it to me, well, is he in ring shape? And I get it. I'm not a wrestler myself and never have been, but I still get that. Okay, he's all pumped up and he's all jacked up. I mean, and and he probably, you know, he's, he's shredded. He has very little body fat on him. And that man's 51 years old. I mean, he's older. I'm 50. He's older than I am. And now, but I mean, he looks great. And of course, you know, even back, back then when he was part of the nation nomination, and he still looked good that he actually, I think honestly, I mean, he, he looks better now than what he did even back then. I mean, if that could be a thing, because I mean, you gotta think that was, almost 30 years ago so he was in his 20s and so uh but eventually he leaves the nation domination and then he ends up joining the corporation he's vince's corporate champion this is when vince mr mcmahon and all that and the the screw job and vince becomes the bad guy the most hated person in wrestling and now all of a sudden mr McMahon's over as a character i don't want to spend too much uh time on his name though Keep up with wrestling. You understand why. But eventually, The Rock is turned face because the fans had started cheering him anyway. The fans loved it when he came out. His catchphrase, you know, if you smell what The Rock is cooking, which was actually something that was 
Um, it wasn't something he wrote out. Hey, what if I say this? What if I say that? No, I mean, it just happened during an interview with Jennifer Flowers during uh, one of the uh, WrestleManias. I believe it was WrestleMania 14. And either either 14 or 15, I think it was 14. That's when he started, you know, oh, if you smell what I'm cooking. And then it started, and that's when the fans hold up the signs. Oh, if you smell what the rock. That's when he started, if you smell what the rock is cooking. It's the beginning of his theme song. As soon as you hear the, if you smell, and it has the, the drums, and the fans will just go absolutely crazy. And the fans started uh, imitating, not in a bad way, but in a good way. They started, because so, I even saw, like, I saw people at work doing you know, if you smell what I'm cooking, if you smell, and I saw it like on a, on a talk show. Yes, I used to watch talk shows like, you know, um, Goofy Jerry Springer and all them. Um, thankfully, I stopped. But anyway, but you saw people imitating on there. So, I mean, the Rock's catchphrases were actually make it into the into um, the general public mainstream. So. So he stayed a face, more or less. I mean, I know there was periodic times until about a week ago. And he solidified his turn last night on SmackDown. Now, the, the other times I could say where, okay, The Rock was a heel. One, it was just because of, it was because it was during one match and it actually happened during the match. And it was only for that match. WrestleMania 18 up in Toronto against Hulk Hogan. Of course, Rock comes in, he's the face. Hogan is the heel, and he's part, and he's kind of retaining that Hollywood Hogan character. He comes in there, and he's wearing, like, the black tights, and he's representing NWO, and he's Hollywood Hogan. And the fans started booing The Rock and cheering Hogan because they were remembering Hogan was, like, the, the good guy, the ultimate hero back when, you know, 10 years prior before he went to the um, before he went to WCW and actually 20 years prior, I say 10 actually is about 20 years prior, but he had been, you know, with Hulkamania runs wild that match. He and the rock, they did an audible mid match. They changed the script right there because much as one to say about Hulk Hogan, you know, and I'm not going to get into his either because of, um, a lot of things he's been accused of. And I know here recently he's actually made a more positive turn. Hopefully it's for real. I say that as a person, not, you know, um, as like a wrestling podcaster, but just as a person on the personal side of things, something he was just in the news for recently. I'm hoping it's legit and sincere because that's not something that you fake in my eyes. But anyway, um, well, with Hulkamania and, him and the rock having to make the switch mid match Hogan knew how to do that. Cause Hogan was trained old school style where you call it in the ring. And if you see some of Hogan's matches in Japan from that era, you know, the early eighties, I mean, he was actually pulling all kinds of moves. You never saw him do in the States. So he could do it. And the rock had been around it enough that he knew how to call things on the fly as well. And so that match ended up being a great match. And, you know, they did it organically. Of course, the next day, Hogan had turned. Rock also stayed face after that match. You know, he was a heel for that match just because the fans wanted to cheer Hogan. And they, they were booing The Rock because he was going against Hogan. But The Rock was a heel for that match. And then when his feud 10 years later with John Cena, with the two matches of a lifetime, or once in a lifetime, 
And then, well, apparently the next year they found another lifetime. But they had the two matches at WrestleMania 28 and 29. And The Rock, depending on who you ask, may have been kind of a heel during that because this was kind of during, also during the era of really, you know, the Super Cena when it was happening. And after that, of course, I mean, The Rock only made his periodic appearances. He showed up at WrestleMania 30. And then he showed up uh, a few years later and he ended up having like a five second match against, um, now his name was Eric the Red. You know, or Eric Redbeard. And, you know, it wasn't Luke Harper. Okay, excuse me. While I actually try to figure out this. Eric Rowan. Wow. I'm just dumb. I'm telling you, I'm getting old. But when The Rock made his appearance at the WrestleMania and he did, it was basically a five second match against Eric Rowan. Um, I actually was not a fan of the way they did that because I, was and, and still am really um, a Wyatt family fan, you know. And unfortunately, we do know Bray Wyatt and Luke Harper, John Brody, they have both passed on, and or John Huber, they have both passed on, and um, and so that is very unfortunate. But but the Rocky made that appearance every once in a while. He would come back just to like pop in and say hi. And the other time he came in, this was a time where he was actually booed, but it wasn't because the fans were trying to turn him heel. It was because, you know, um, not coincidentally, he was supporting Roman. This was at the Royal Rumble in 2016 when, uh, I'm sorry, 2015, when the Roman won the Rumble and the Rock had come in and helped Roman clear house. Uh, you know, throughout the big show, throughout Kane, and The Rock was there to show support for Roman, saying, hey, look, I support him, you support him too. Well, the fans had already decided they did not want to support Roman. And it was because Roman, uh, as a face, was just being pushed, 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 pushed. Well, at the time, Roman was not ready for that. And I will, you know, always get down with Roman, when he was given that push in starting around 2015, you know, on through when he announced he had leukemia, unfortunately. I mean, that's kind of what it took to get everybody to shut up. Um, He was not booked very well. His promo skills were horrible. You know, this is, and I'm not going to say that he actually came up with these promos. I mean, come on, you know, suffering succotash, really. He's quoting Sylvester the Cat, a cartoon character. I'm pretty sure Roman did not come up with that. Somebody wrote that for him and said, here, say this. Because we do know during this time that there were very, very, very few who were allowed to actually do their uh, promos impromptu. Or, of course, Rock being one of them, John Cena being another. Um, Paul Heyman, of course, who is now uh, the legal counsel. I'll just go ahead and say that he's... He's basically the manager of the Rocky. Um, but there for a few years, Waylon and I were both saying, turn Roman heel, give him Paul Heyman as a mouthpiece. And eventually that's what happened, except for heel Roman doesn't need Paul Heyman as a mouthpiece. Heel Roman actually knows how to cut promos. But Roman was a face 
fans hated him after a while. Poor booking handled by the WWE. Yeah, because he just was not booked right. Eventually, when he comes back, eventually when he does turn heel, you know, and I want to say he came back. Um, he had the unfortunate year. He had to um, leave WWE for a bit because, I mean, the real person, Joe Anawahi, um, had had leukemia in the past. Well, the leukemia had came back, and so he had to leave. He had to take care of that. When he came back, of course, yeah, everybody was cheering him, and then they stopped cheering him again. All of a sudden, okay, well, now we're going to go back to what we were doing before. Boo. Roman eventually turned heel, and that's when the tribal chief, that's when he was beating up his own cousins, um, Jay and Jimmy Uso, who were the sons of Fatu, who was the sultan at WrestleMania 12 when he went against Rocky Maivia. See, once again, we've come full circle. But now Roman is very over during this time. Uh, the bloodline... You know, they have uh, Roman, and then, of course, the Usos, they all come back together, and then they have Sami Zayn and all that going on, and then eventually Solo Sokoa, he comes in. I mean, they got this big faction, and there was always rumors going around that, well, the Rock is, they're going to bring the Rock back, he's going to go against Roman for the, you know, for the, the Tribal Chief title, which is a real title. I mean, now, I'm I'm not Samoan, I'm not Polynesian, but I'm going to guess they actually don't decide the tribal chief based on a scripted wrestling match. I'm pretty sure of that, you know, but I mean, but it is a real title and it's a uh, very prestigious title. And so now how we got to right now, the rock makes his appearance and he kind of alludes to the head of the table because that's what uh, Roman has been going by. Uh, they've is another moniker. They've become the head of the table, Roman Reigns, the tribal chief, Roman Reigns. And now that the rock has come back, he's saying, well, he's at the head of the table, you know, after in Roman, he's into, you know, whatever day of his title ring now, day 1,400. And I don't know, it's a lot. Um, and so they started looking to that people go, Oh, they're finally going to get this. Okay, but then you have all of everything else starting to happen. All the lawsuits outside of all this start to happen with Vince, and now others are being brought in. And, well, Cody wins the Rumble. Not a, not a huge surprise there, because Cody Rhodes has this thing about finishing the story. And, you know, well, he wins the Rumble, it's a no-brainer. He's going to go against uh, Roman Reigns at WrestleMania, WrestleMania 40. But we've already introduced The Rock. The Rock has come in and alluded he wants to go after the title. And so then they say, well, we're going to have Cody go against Seth Rollins. It's like, no, that's not. And that's when the fans just, once again, The Rock became a heel the first time because of the fans. That was back in 1997. Now, here we are in 2024, almost 17 years later. And The Rock, once again, is becoming a heel based on fan reaction to something going on. Except for this time, this was not, this was not aimed directly at The Rock. This was aimed directly at the situation because they were more behind Cody. They did not want a, the Rock going against Roman. They didn't want the Roman 
defending against anybody but Cody. Now, I don't know whose idea it was this time. I don't know who, um, you know, when they did, they actually decided this. Was it a long time ago? Was it now? But now The Rock has used social media, and he they had the uh, the press conference, the the kickoff show press conference, which, by the way, everybody who watched that and listened to it, thank you so much. That's actually obviously I could not believe the the I'm not going to say it was a, a ton of views, but it was a quite a bit of views, like in the first few days. And if somebody watched it because of the title I gave it and it was misleading, I apologize. That was definitely not my intention. I thought about that later on um, because I'm not affiliated with any wrestling companies, um, and especially WWE. You know, so I apologize if, that, if that's why you watch it, but hopefully you enjoyed it. But when you saw Rock slap Cody, and you're like, oh, okay, you know, and then because The Rock is saying he's not going to be saying that about my family, and of course, The Rock had just said stuff about Cody's family, you know, so, but that's the mark of a heel is I, you know, you can't do what I can do, what I'm allowed to do, you know, or I'm allowed to do it, but you're not type thing. And then last night, if you had any kind of doubt over where The Rock is, last night he came out on the last 20 minutes at you SmackDown, which actually, uh, I was wondering what was going on because uh, SmackDown announcers, I don't remember them ever saying, this is our last match of the show. Okay. But then I looked at my watch and I'm like, man, they got a lot of time left. How was this the last match of the show? Well, you heard Roman's music. You heard the Rock's music. They all came out. And they're speaking. And, of course, Roman's out there with uh, Jimmy Uso, with Solo Sokoa and Paul Heyman. And, of course, you know, the Rock comes out. The first thing Rock does, he grabs a microphone and he says, you know, this crowd is the biggest in indoor crowd for an event ever in the history of Salt Lake City and ever in the history of Utah. The event SmackDown last night was actually held in Salt Lake City. And then, you know, everybody's cheering and and of course, you know, um because they're still all about the rock, even though the rock has been, you know, literally slapping Cody. And then the rock turns on. And he's, you know, he starts berating the fans. And then he refers to them having multiple wives and all the children and everything else, which is making kind of an allusion to Utah being the uh, the head of the Mormon church. The Mormon church um, has, you know, had polygamy, multiple wives in his past. And actually, not legally, but now, I mean, you have these men who have, you know, whatever. It is what it is. But he makes an allusion to that. And then he makes a... I mean, he's just really just laying into the fans. And then, you know, of course, he also refers to the Cody crybabies. That's what he's calling all the fans who are basically crying because Cody didn't get to finish the story. And The Rock also talks about it. So The Rock is going not just a little bit of heel. No, he's like going full-blown full heel now. And, you know, it's bringing a lot more interest. Now, people are talking about, oh, man, you know, The Rock is... Rock has done turned into a bad guy again. And now this was not 
Okay. Now he blindsided the local fans in Salt Lake City last night with his, "Hey, you're the biggest crowd ever! Yay! You know, celebrate that!" But now, now I'm going to slam you. And it, but him turning heel, this case is not a total surprise. It's not like Hogan in 1996 when he turned and joined the NWO because the Hulk, you know, Hulk Hogan was, you know, the wrestling superhero. And uh, whether you liked him in the ring or not, I mean, his character, that's a story for another day. But Hogan turning, though, was a huge, huge surprise. The Rock is not just because we saw everything leading up to it. And... But now, I do kind of wonder because, I mean, I'm liking the way this is going. And like my friend BC Hunter, who was on the show a few weeks ago, he actually helped me out. He uh, stepped in as a uh, a co guest co-host on his show, though, Wrestling With The Truth, which is kind of funny because he had not put an ep- episode in a, a long time. But he actually said, I'm embarrassed to be a wrestling fan. And it was because of the fans' reaction to Cody. The, the Rock, his daughter, she had to, to get rid of her. She had to get to deactivate her social media because she was getting death threats. So the rock turning heel, nobody should be surprised about that because the same people who are making death threats against his own daughter, you know, would you want to have their support? Would you want to be aligned with them? I wouldn't. Doesn't matter if it's, it's a, a work or not, but people were making legitimate death threats against his daughter because something had nothing to do with her. And really, it has nothing to do with The Rock. He's not the one that said, hey, put me in over Cody. But so now The Rock, he actually said, he said, if you spend, and then he stopped, he said, we're not doing sing a long time with The Rock. This is not story time. He said, no, I don't want you to to do this along with me. He said, if you smell what the bloodline is cooking. So now The Rock has, he's fully immersed into the bloodline. If you remember what happened with, the nation of domination. Uh, even though the rock, I mean, he was still fairly, you know, fairly green. He had been in the wrestling business all, not even two years at the time, but he eventually became like the focal point. And it's because of his uh, charisma, his mic skills. And, you know, so eventually, you know, he was booted out of the faction, left him, whatever, you know, you, you want to say, but now he's doing the same with the thing with, the bloodline. Now, this is a story that has been building for a couple of years. There's always been rumors. Oh, they want to bring the rock back him and Roman because of the head of the table and the tribal chief. Now though, he's part of it, which means though he is supposed to do what Roman says. Cause Roman is the head of the table. Roman is the tribal chief. And, but you're going to have the rock. No, I just, it, this right here, I mean, it's almost transparent that it's going to lead to The Rock either leaving the bloodline or booting Roman out of the bloodline, which I honestly, I don't see that happening because I think this might be The Rock's last arrive, but I do kind of wonder um, if this is actually going to do any damage to Roman's career because he's supposed to be, you know, the uh, the faction leader. He's supposed to be the leader of their group, but do you honestly think that the rock is going to, after so many years, I mean, this is the character uh, is going to stay, make it listen to somebody else, tell him what to do. It's like, you know, it just doesn't make any sense. And so that's why um, I have a feeling, you know, so it really, 
I don't want to see it hurt Roman. I honestly, I'm getting kind of bored with the title reign, um, especially so because he only defends the defends the title like you know eight times a year. That to me, when you compare it against other wrestling champions, even Hogan, Hogan was defending his title a few times a week. You know, Flair was defending his title more times in a week than what there are days in a week because he was working twice on some, you know, some days. Roman, you know, doing it eight times a, a year. It's just, to me, for me, it's not cutting it. But either way, I've been, this is going to lead to, and I'm going to guess SummerSlam because, of course, that's the, after WrestleMania, that's going to be the biggest event. But after SummerSlam, it's going to, or after WrestleMania, it's going to lead into the Rock and Roman at SummerSlam. I don't remember where SummerSlam is this year, but it's going to be at SummerSlam. And, you know, so because the Rock eventually, they're going to splinter. The Rock's saying, I'm I'm going to make sure Cody is going to, still going to walk out a loser. Uh, but something's going to happen. And I, I personally would prefer the Rock do the honors for Roman when he leaves, because I have a feeling this might be the Rock's last hurrah when it comes to actually being a wrestler, because he's never really had that that final match, and so th- this should be it. Because the Rock, you know, by the time SummerSlam happens, he's going to be fifty two years old, and it's about time for him to go ahead and you know step away from the ring because he's also an executive now. And if you, me personally, if you're an executive, you should not be in the middle of that because you have executive stuff you need to be doing, not getting in the ring and taking a spot away from somebody who's actually putting in the work day in and day out. But that's just my take. Um, that's my take on it. You know, now, now that, you know, I, I do wonder, was this planned from the beginning? When I say the beginning, like before Cody won the rumble or as the rock was coming back, was this planned then? Or was this organic because of the reaction to them saying, well, Cody's going to go against Seth Rollins. We're going to, you know, we're not going to, um, you know, maybe it was because the fan reaction was just ridiculous. Already mentioned that death threats made against family members, which is stupid. And that's why I agree with BC when he says he was ashamed to be a wrestling fan. I'm in full agreement with him because it was the way people reacted was just ridiculous. Yeah, but with the new leadership that's in place now, because we know the writing team from just you know six months ago is gone, and you can tell that the product because the product is you know getting better, like on Raw and SmackDown. You can tell that the stories are getting better. You can you see the way the commentators are are speaking that they no longer have somebody in their ear telling them exactly what to say, you know, and then saying don't don't allude to somebody's you know, past, don't, you know, they're basically, there's no other companies besides this one. Now they're starting to bring up, yeah, this person's actually been wrestling for such and such years, but it's just been with other companies. Now they're here because before they didn't even want to acknowledge there were other companies. They were in lawsuits with other companies that they didn't want to acknowledge. It was kind of strange, but you know, now we have fresher ideas that actually make sense. Either one right from the beginning or organically is possible because all the people involved now know how to change on the fly. I mentioned that with Rock doing it literally on the fly with Hulk Hogan. So this one on the fly, but a little bit more time to plan out because instead of, you know, 10 minutes to figure this out, you've got a few days to a week to figure it out. Okay, let's go heal. Boom, done, over. All right, cool. 
And so that is all I got to say about that. Uh, I do have one more announcement. Uh, there is a fan fest that is happening in Chillicothe, Ohio. Uh, I've actually mentioned this before. I did not think I'd be able to go to it. And it was actually because of a money issue because everybody knows I'm actually uh, still between jobs, not for lack of, lack of luck. In fact, I mean, I even, um, I've been applying, you know, almost, almost well, I've been looking every day, applying whenever I see something that would fit. Um, but, and that's, it's been a, a lot of applications that I, that I put in for different positions. Um, I do have a recruiter I've been talking with about a contract position, you know, something I can do remote. But I didn't think I'd be able to go to this fan fest. It's called the Reunion 3, Cavalcade of Legends. It's in Chillicothe. And, and this was essentially put on by uh, Bobby Fulton. He's actually a native of Chillicothe, Ohio. And um, and this will be the – I've actually been – this is the fifth one he's put on. I've been to all five. And a lot of names there. Of course, the funny thing, I've been to so many of them now. Over half the people who are going to be there, I've actually already met. You know, but I'm able to go, but not because I'm paying to get in. I'm actually going to be there as a helper myself and Randy, Rescue Randy, who's been on the show before. He and I are going to be going up there to help. And this is actually uh, coordinated by uh, the NWF wrestler, Big Mama. Uh, I spoke with her last Saturday at the NWF show in Mount Orb, Northern Wrestling Federation, for those who don't know what NWF is. Uh, but I spoke with her and... And she's actually going to have a match there because they always do the fan fest and is followed up by an actual wrestling event. And she's going to have a match. Uh, she is the organization there. The she is the women's champion for the organization. It's World Classic, big time wrestling. She is the women's champion. She is going to be in a match or a title versus title match against the NWA women's champion. And so it's a huge, huge thing for her. And I told her I, I wouldn't, I didn't know if I'd go. And she was actually kind of disappointed because, I mean, it's such a big uh, thing for her. And so, but she pulls, you know, she, she got us in. So now it looks like we're going to be going and I could not be more happier. So, um, but yeah, if you are in the area, go check it out. Um, it's good. It'll be a good time. It's, the fan fests are always a fun time. I mean, you get to meet. The wrestlers you get to take pictures with them i will tell you it is not cheap uh the price of doing the the meets uh and some of the you know certain ones are actually you know you're paying upwards of 200 400 if you're just doing picture pic, you know picture autograph then or, or a combo you know you could be spending like at the at the low end 40 to 50 dollars um a piece if you're doing the combo you know you may be going 30 dollars for a picture or thirty dollars for an autograph, or fifty dollars for both, or twenty five, twenty five, forty, and you know, so it's getting big. You know, well, to say thanks inflation, but it happens. But it's a good time. They, there's always merchandise there. Um, you actually, there's other podcasters. You know, there's been a few that have actually had their own booths. I've never set that up because I, uh, in fact, maybe that's something I will look at in the future. We'll just have to see. But definitely if you're in the area go check it out and that's actually something after that i will actually have a show while i will talk about everything that happened there but in the meantime everybody stay safe especially right now because it's snowing like a mother outside and you know stay safe be careful out there and god bless